0: Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, and I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by The Harrier. If you're looking for any awesome t shirts, Uh, articles, designs, graphics, stickers, anything track related, definitely go and check out the Harrier. They have plenty of awesome gear. The link is in my Instagram bio at track world news and use code TWN at checkout to get 20% off your next order. Uh, Awesome. So today, well, really this past week, we have had a ton of track and field news drop and especially a lot within the last few days. Uh, including some news that we actually were able to break for the first time here on Track World News. So, we're not going to be able to cover everything. I'm going to be making a separate video or a separate episode on Thursday that is going to be covering the World Athletics Finals. They have their top 10 for the men and the women for their athletes of the year because that's going to be more of a dedicated episode. So, I'll probably be releasing that on Thursday and then just talking about the news and things that happened. This week, so uh, I'll you know I'm gonna try something new. I'll tell you what the three or the main stories are now, so you kind of know what's gonna be going on. So first is the main story: the Oregon uh, they have a scandal going on, I guess you could say, with body weight and how certain athletes have left the team because of it. Uh, second story we're gonna be talking about: Elaine thompson Hurrah, She actually leaves her track coach at MVP Track Club. I'm gonna say you know, what that means with, with her, uh, Lezenbet G'day shatters the half marathon world record. Going to be talking about that. And then Marquise Dendy friend of the show world champion in the long jump two-time Olympian announces he's going to be competing in the 100 meters this year. Uh, what's that going to be looking like? So that is going to be our episode for today. Now let's get into our opening Topic. So just yesterday by Ken Go of the Oregonian announces or writes an article saying that six women from the Oregon track and field team recently, so within the past few seasons, had left the program because they felt devalued as individuals and were at risk for eating disorders because of the program's data-driven approach to their weight and body fat percentage. So it's no real news that Oregon is obviously attempting to be top of the line when it comes to the gear, the data-driven coaching styles, and just being top of the line because of Nike and their very close connections to that. And so obviously one thing that's going to be coming into is training and how you can get the best out of athletes so you can be top performances, be top performers because obviously they want to be the best that the country has to offer. Oregon, big time school. And so just recently, a f- five uh, women had came out uh, anonymously saying that they felt uh, underappreciated at the program or at risk for eating disorders. And one, they said one of these athletes actually announced that she was going through uh, eating disorders while at Oregon um, and competing as an athlete. So, uh, how did we get here? What does this mean? And what's going on? So head coach, Robert Johnson. So he's been the coach since 2014, obviously won the national championship with the team indoors just this previous year. Uh, so he's instilled some new tactics, uh, since he started with his tenure. So he is utilizing, uh, blood tests, hydration test, and then DEXA scans. So I'm sure you're pretty familiar with what blood tests and hydration tests are. It's not too crazy. Many schools do that. But What are DEXA scans? So DEXA scans is a very, very precise way to measure how much body fat a given person has. So they take your bone density and then somehow can measure what your body fat percentage is to a very, very close amount. It's, and they use a type of radiation that make it pretty much unsafe to do more than four or five times throughout the year. Uh, You're essentially getting like an x-ray. And so it's, it's very, very, you know, big time stuff that they're doing. And so, uh, they're saying, uh, these athletes were mentioning that by getting these extremely precise body fat percentages that the, many of the coaching staff, some of the coaching staff were saying that they would not be allowed to even compete for the school in certain meets with having a certain body fat percentage. And like they were, and it's like pretty crazy percentages. Like so they, it was said in this article that one athlete was told if you do not get your body fat percentage below twelve percent, that you would not be allowed to compete in away meets. And that is a very low percentage. I mean, the uh, I believe it's the, uh, the, Ameri- the CDC or I can't remember exactly which um, you know, governing uh, medical body states that uh, an athlete that is a, a female athlete that is in the years of a college student, so between the ages of 19 and 22 or 19, 24, whatever it might be, uh, the, their body fat percentage should be anywhere from 14 to I believe it was 21%. That's usually the safe body fat percentage for an athlete, um, you know, that is an, an elite athlete training at that age uh, for that's a female. And so to say you need to be, you know, under 12%, that's, that's a lot. And, and you can get into a danger zone, um, for athletes, just being at a percentage that the body really isn't meant to be at. And so this was also apparently encouraged by other nutritionists, as well as members of the staff to lower your, to lower their body fat percentage saying, Hey, you really shouldn't be eating, uh, you know, that, that extra cookie or or whatever it might be, or you should be counting your calories very, very precisely because the one or 2% that you have is apparently going to have a huge difference in your, uh, performance for these teams and you wouldn't be able to compete at certain things. And so it's This is all very, very um, intimidating, especially for someone that is new to a performance like this. I mean, if you're a high school athlete and you obviously want to be very successful, it still can be a culture shock to be thrown into a situation where you're now looking to, to count calories, especially in a um, universe or in a, an area that we are in the United States where it's already very, very – uh, difficult to be, be going through certain things you know attributed to uh, body dysmorphia or eating disorders it's something that a, men, the mental health communities uh, or people involved within mental health have really been uh, talking a lot about and how these are things that we don't really want to see in our sport I mean it's been bl- it's been blowing up recently with people coming out with their own mental health journeys and, and this is a part of it I mean they you know mental health and this is also be having eating disorders uh, can be tied. And so having one of the most prominent universities tied to one of these things is, is not a good thing. And so uh, this is very similar to a situation we saw a few years ago with Mary Kane, who's obviously one of the was one of the biggest distance runners in the United States. Uh, went professional out of high school, was coached by Alberto Salazar, and she went through many of these similar things with, Um, you know, being put on a very stringent diet and a very rigorous training program. And that really ate away at her. And she never really probably got to reach her peak potential because she was put through these crazy, crazy regimens by that coach. And I mean, now she's even suing for $20 million, um, suing the old coach. So these are things that are definitely not to be messed with, um, Asking my opinion on this situation, uh, if this is happening and how certain athletes are, are being felt or are, you know, are coming out and saying these things, like I'm sure many more athletes have very similar stories to this. I mean, this literally came out just probably 12 hours ago by the time you're listening to this. like This is fresh. The article was released Yesterday at 3 p.m., so it's very, very new uh, for things that are going on. I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be plenty of more athletes coming forward with similar stories that that they've had, and I I can understand where Oregon's idea comes from. So they're saying, hey, we want to be at top of the line. They're saying we want to have individual and and individualized practices and training sessions to best peak where you need to, you know, need to peak. And I can understand where you're coming from, but the way that you're doing it, I feel is not a, not a safe way. Cause then people that had certain body fat percentages would be placed, you know, saying, Hey, you got to go on a stationary bike for extra time to be able to get that body fat down because, you know, you need to be at a certain percentage if you want to compete and your people, athletes are told, Hey, if you're over this, you know, if you're over 13% body fat percentage, you'll never be an Olympian. And just, that's not, breeding a healthy environment because once again you are you are a student athlete the student is supposed to come first and the person is supposed to come first and you're a school that is saying that safety is a number one priority but it's clear that certain athletes didn't feel that way and not many things have changed. Uh, if you want to look at the article, definitely recommend it. It is a pretty long read, but it's definitely really informative and I would recommend it. So that is by Ken Go. that's G-O-E of the Oregonian, uh, writing this article on something that's going on with Oregon. And it's a developing story, obviously, so as more information comes out, we will discuss that as well. Next biggest story is going to be about Elaine Thompson Hurrah. So, Elaine Thompson Hurrah, obviously the Olympic champion, two time Olympic champion in the 100 and the 200. She just recently announced that she is going to be leaving her current coaching staff of the MVP Track Club and looking to go elsewhere. Uh, She wrote a letter that she posted on Twitter that said, quote, while preseason tra- training has already begun for the uh, for Elaine Thompson, hurrah! She is still in the process of finalizing her training agreements for the 2022 season. The double Olympic champion is considering all options available concerning her team. End quote. And there was a few other paragraphs in the letter, but that was the the main part of it. And so to see the second fastest woman ever and the current fastest woman alive announcing they're changing. Their coach is crazy. Uh, this is something that you do not see very often. And the timing of it is even more interesting because it's not like she's the, the second fastest woman ever and the fastest woman alive. And she had a down year this previous season and was like, things aren't clicking. We need to figure it out. Let's change it up. Like, no, she just came off of running what was one of the best sprinting years of all time, uh, especially on the women's side. And is now like, yeah, I want to change everything up. So I'm wondering what else is going in on that. Like, I feel like there has to be something behind the scenes because it's obviously not, oh, I just wasn't performing how I wanted to perform. Now, you did times that no one thought was even possible, and now you're going to leave. Like, there has to be more behind that. There are rumors that she might be coached by her husband, who is an elite coach on his own. And, she, and has been in several interviews, uh, especially on race takes. If you're familiar with his program, had him on uh, a live stream before, a uh, very knowledgeable guy. But to hear that she is leaving the MVP track club is major. Uh, so I'm, I'm very interested to see where she's going to go. Is she going to be staying in Jamaica? Will she be going to the U.S.? Who are her training partners going to be? I know obviously people are have made connections uh, with Shakari Richardson and Jamaica. Are they going to end up team, teaming up and practicing, even though – I believe it was uh, Shakira Richardson linked to MVP track clubs. Maybe that's a little bit different. But we saw these rumors for Elaine Thompson Hurrah over the past month or so. Some people have been bringing them up. And to see it finally coming to fruition and actually being announced and is official, very interesting. Didn't think this was actually going to happen. And so I'm wondering who she's going to be training with next because this is the biggest name in women's sports. Uh, I'm wondering where will she go? Is, is the, is Nike going to have much say in who she's going to be competing with? Does this athlete have, or does the coach have to be intertwined with Nike as well? Or will they just let her go wherever she wants because she's the fastest woman alive will be very interesting. And I'm definitely going to be keeping tabs on where she's going to be going soon. Uh, next story was, uh, one that was, didn't really see coming out of nowhere. So I know we're obviously track and field program. Didn't haven't talked much about the road races that have been going on in the fall, the marathons, half marathons, five k's, eight k's, cross country, all that. Haven't talked too much of that, um, mainly because doesn't interest me too much, and most of my audience are sprint fans, and or I would probably figure that cross country is not in a huge interest of you guys. But if you guys are interested in le- hearing more about distance running, cross country, road racing, all that, let me know. And in, on Instagram, DM me saying we want more of it and I'll post some more stuff, but I just didn't, haven't seen too much interactions with the distance. That's why I don't talk about it too much, but, um, let day. So she actually just broke the world record in the half marathon. And to say she just broke it, would be an understatement. She shattered it. She broke it by over a minute with a time of one hour, two minutes, and 51 seconds. This was the highest-ranked performance in world athletics in 2021 and the highest since Jackie Joyner-Kersey in 1994. She is putting up times that really is unseen. The equivalent of this in the 800 would be a 151, like how fast like she ran. Uh, So this is an insane time. She's now the world record holder in the 10K as well as the mile. And so she's having an excellent year, especially on like the second half of the season. And it stinks that it's so late because she's not a finalist for the female athlete of the year because so many of her performances were later on and uh, there's so many other great distance runners that were in her kind of power rank power range with Safan Hassan. And so it made it very difficult, I guess for her to get on that women's finalist for athlete of the year, but seeing her do this world record in the half marathon shows, uh, maybe they got it wrong. Maybe, maybe she should have at least been a finalist, uh, but she didn't even make the finals for women's athlete of the year. Uh, I mean, I had her ranked pretty low, for my year rankings, but that was obviously a few months ago before or a few weeks ago before she ran this time. If I was to update it now might, uh, might do a little changing, but, uh, excellent, excellent race from good It's something that is, we don't see very often. It was easily the best record and it stinks that it's, uh, on the, you know, that happening here at the fall, because not many people are paying, not as many people are paying attention to it, uh, as probably should be. And, uh, our final story. so this is one that I'm very excited about because it's my first story that I actually got to, to break. Uh, so something that I wasn't reading in the news or on Twitter or on Instagram. The first story that Track World News was officially able to break is Marquis Dendy. so he is a two-time Olympian world champion in the long jump. He was actually just announced, or we officially also announced, that he is doing the 100 meters for this upcoming season. Obviously, he's a friend of the show. He has been on an episode of Track World News a few months ago. So definitely go back and listen to his episode. We have a lot of, he has a lot of great things to say. It was one of my favorite interviews that we've done. But he announces that he is going to be doing the 100 this year. And after recording this episode, we were actually able to catch up with him, where he offered uh, some insight on why he decided to do this, and he shares it right here. Yeah, so uh, my decision really just came from, you know, t- stepping back into that mentality and that atmosphere of how I was in my 2015 year, my last year in college. Uh, we was doing a lot of one 100 long jump combos to kind of help my speed work on and off the track and just kind of help my pacing out a little bit, kept me in shape. So, you know, that that's just kind of one of my main reasons to kind of get back into it, you know, start running the 100. And uh, also in the very, you know, hopefully near foreseeable future, definitely setting back in that triple jump as well. So, you know, we'll see, you know, time will tell. Uh, but, you know, I'm definitely excited for this upcoming season. And this comes out shortly uh, because yesterday, Tajay Gale of Jamaica, he also announced that he is going to be doing the 100, who is the world champion in 2019, in the long jump as well. So. We had the indoor world champion from, I believe it was 2016. And now the outdoor world champion from 2019 that are going to be competing in the 100. And so this is just showing more and more athletes are testing themselves in this 100 meter distance. Like this 100 is going to be so difficult to predict because we're having more and more athletes that are attempting to do it. And so, you know, we have Marquise Dendy. We have, uh, have Fred Curley. We have Michael Norman, who's probably going to be throwing his hat in the ringer. I mean, heck, Ry Benjamin might be throwing his hat in the ringer. I'm sure there's going to be a couple college kids that are running really fast that don't normally run the 100. There's probably going to be a few more long jumpers. I mean, I feel this is just the first few dominoes that are falling, and we're going to just continue to see a trend of more and more athletes wanting to throw their names in this 100. I feel especially in the United States, because the World Championship is in the United States, it's going to be in Oregon, I feel a lot of athletes from the U.S. that might not have wanted to test the waters in the 100 if this was being held in another country are now going to do so because it's going to be local and it's not going to be as much training. You can just stay in the U.S. the entire year, not have to go anywhere else and be able to compete at a world championship. And so I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be some people that we wouldn't normally see giving this thing a whirl because it's going to be a local championship and is pretty close and will be able to be done a little bit easier than if you had to be doing an international tour. So I hope that this is going to be the first of many dominoes. I mean, shoot, I want to see uh, Tyree Kill do it. Why not? Let's uh, Football season ends. Let's see Tyree Kill do a couple outdoor meets and try to make a world championship team. I, I wouldn't be too surprised. I mean, shoot, I'm sure I'm going to have bold, bold predictions soon. That, that might be one that Tyree kill is going to attempt to do the world championships this upcoming season. That's going to be one of my bold predictions. You heard it here first, but um, yeah, very exciting. Uh, and so now I'm sure a lot of you are wondering, well, what are his PRs? What did he run? How's this going to go? What are my thoughts on it? And so, The last time that he ran a 100 or at least his his personal best from what I saw was a 1031 back in 2015. And so uh, he was running into a headwind. I believe it was a 1.1 – excuse me. Oh, it was a 1.1 meter. I believe it was meter because it was on World Athletics. 1.1 meter headwind. So pretty pretty good headwind going on there. And so that was uh, six years ago back when he was 22. He's now 28. And so now I'm wondering how is that speed going to develop this this time around? So uh, it's it's interesting because he's on probably just the exact opposite sides of where your traditional prime would be as an athlete, like or as a sprinter. Like many sprint, like so for a long jump, it's a little more extended. You you see with Christian Taylor, Will Clay, older guys, um, not old, but you know what I mean. They're they're older around that 28 and 30 mark still putting up giant numbers. And you see a lot of sprinters usually are hitting their, their sprint peak around that 25 year mark. And so he's right on like 22. He wasn't nearly at his prime. And then, you know, 28, he, he's probably a little bit far, just equally distant away from his prime. And so it's going to be interesting to see where he is. He's definitely going to be faster than he was at 22. He's previous Olympian. He wasn't an Olympian at, he wasn't an Olympian at a, uh, at 22. Uh, He was about to be, but he wasn't yet. So it's going to be interesting. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, because I said he was equally distant from his prime, but we just saw uh, Shelly Ann Fraser price put up PRs and she is in her mid thirties. So to say that he's not in his prime actually probably is a little disrespectful. Uh, Now that I think about it, I just thought that, you know, Shelly Ann Fraser price is hit her best time and she's in her thirties. So it's going to be really exciting and interesting to see. I mean, Tajay Gale, he has a little bit more experience in the 100. He did do it this previous season, ran a 10-18, but obviously he wasn't doing it as seriously. With uh, the Team Jamaica, I think it's going to be with where the men's 100 is and the sprints are, I think he has a really good chance of making the team. Uh, you have Johan Blake himself. I'm uh, not sure exactly what Asafa Powell is going to be doing, but it really seems like it's going to be a good, good run for the taking. For the 100 for the team, for Team USA, that's gonna be tough, man. Like, it's hard to make Team USA. If you make Team USA in the 100, you've essentially made a podium spot this year because it is so talented and so deep. If you want a chance of making a team in the one, open 100, you're gonna have to be running a 10 8, probably. Like, you're gonna have to be running somewhere like low 10 9 or a 10 8. You're probably not even gonna make the final if you don't run a 10 1. Uh, but if you want to be able to be on that relay pool, which, you know, Marquis Dendy definitely can do, if because if you're running, uh, you just got to get into the final. You get to the final, you get on a relay pool, because you got to be in that that top, I think it's they do the top eight. If not that, it's, then it's the top six. Like, if you want to get, you get to the final, you get on that relay pool. And so, I think, like, that can definitely be a great ass, you know, starting benchmark for him. That would be my expectations. Like, yo, let's get to the final uh, for the world championship, like, and really then anything can happen. So this, the first race is going to be huge for him because he doesn't, he hadn't focused on the 100 for uh, many years. And so to be able to come in and do it is going to be major. Uh, obviously you're doing long jumps. So you have a lot of speed because you have to be, if you're going to be an Olympian and you're going to be a world champion. So it's going to be interested to see how that speed on the runway translates to a 100 meter race. I mean, this is just exciting. This is crazy. Like we're seeing and anyone and everyone is, are doing the 100. Uh, oh yeah. I, I forgot the no American has done a, has made a world team in the 100 and the long jump since Carl Lewis did it back in 1996. So this is something that not a lot of people have done. Not even a lot of people have attempted. So to see this go on will be interesting. Uh, at least not many people have attempted it in the recent years. So That's going to be today's episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed. If you did, please make sure to leave a like, leave a review, uh, comment. Really helps us grow. It it just takes a few seconds for you, and it really does mean the world uh, to us over here. But thank you to everyone. If you want more content, go and follow us on Instagram at trackworldnews. That's where we're going to be posting news, uh, news clips, uh, highlights, videos, pictures, all that type of stuff all revolving around track and field. Uh, So have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.